Good morning, Suns fans, or good afternoon, Suns fans, or good evening, Suns fans. Whenever you're listening to this podcast, thanks for stopping by the Suns Report on the Bright Side of the Sun Network. My name is John, and I will be your host. I'm joined in studio by Matthew. How you doing, my friend? Good, John. How you doing, man? Doing okay. Doing okay. Thanks again for joining me, as always. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast simply by pressing that little subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to this pod on. You can always follow the pod on Twitter at The Suns Report. You can always follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can always follow Matthew on Twitter at Matthew Lissy. And as long as you don't follow us home, we're good. Today, we're going to be talking about the Suns' assets. I think it's kind of safe to say that the season effectively is over for the Phoenix Suns, right, Matthew? Yeah, it's been over. So let's build on this team. Let's uh, really try to, you know, take away some of the players that aren't helping out and add Mm -hmm. some players that will. Yeah, it's time to start thinking about what the next step in the iteration of James Jones' grand master plan to build something that the Valley of the Sun hasn't seen in a long time, and and that's a winner. Mm -hmm. So the purpose of this podcast is to understand the assets that the Phoenix Suns have. Who do we have? What do their contracts look like? Is it something that we think is movable? Is it something, you know, are they going to be here next year? This is how you learn. You tune into this podcast and we break it down for you. Sound good? Mm-hmm. All right. So let's pop open a beer, drop that little beat, talk about the sun's assets. As we look at all the Suns assets, you have to go through the entire roster. I know that this time last week we did the roster rundown and we really broke down our expectations for the Suns players going forward for the rest of the season. Well, that's kind of changed a little bit now. I think after week 19 and losing a couple really winnable games, there's a different kind of trajectory of the Phoenix Suns moving forward this year, right? Yeah, honestly, I couldn't really tell you what how I even feel about this team and how they're actually feeling. Because it's yep. it's just totally up in the air. Um, looking at them play and just their body language, it's just something's going on. And I, I feel like I keep feeling this throughout the season. Mm-hmm. And I know, like I said, I think six weeks ago, I was like, they're not going to make the playoffs. And yeah. they just pretty much validated that this last week. So I guess we just need to look forward to the offseason now, which sucks. But that's what we have to do. It does, because we're still amidst the basketball season. And you still enjoy watching Suns games, but now that the rug has kind of been taken out from underneath us, you're watching everything with a little bit of a different point of view. You're not looking at the games being like, okay, these are games that we can win, coupled with other losses, mean we can somehow get into the playoffs. Now you're starting to look at the team and going, okay, what opportunity is there for growth? What opportunity is there for players who we'd like to, to see what their, what their worth is? What opportunity is there for them, for them to actually get some playing time? And unfortunately, you know, we're at that point. And, you know, I will be thankful. I think in the past five years, we've hit this point by about December. And now it's like March. So, you know, we yeah. only have a couple, you know, a few weeks left in the season. We've kind of hit that point. So, I, you know, there are positives. And that is one positive to take away from it. It is. And you actually realize that the Suns actually haven't played this far into the season forever to where it should matter, to where they can finish out the season and make the playoffs. So now you're seeing that. Mm-hmm. 
and it's very disappointing. It is. But but that's why we're doing this podcast right here is an opportunity for Suns fans to kind of take a look at what our assets are and understand them because the NBA draft's going to be coming here pretty quick. March Madness starts in a couple of weeks and we're going to be watching players who potentially could become members of the Phoenix Suns. And if you have a good understanding of what our assets are, then you can have a good understanding of where we need to fill some holes, if you will. Yeah. So without further ado, should we hop into this thing? Yeah, let's start. So the first thing to look at is the draft picks for the Phoenix Suns. When you take a look at the 2020 season, we have only one pick, and it's a first-round pick. No second-round pick this year. That's going to be a lottery pick, seeing as the yeah. Suns aren't going to, to make the playoffs. Where do you think that pick's going to land? Because that's going to be interesting with this mm-hmm. new format. What are you, what, what's the Matthew Lissy prediction of where we're going to see that it'll, pick fall? It'll be outside the top 10. It oh, will. think so? Yeah, we're not going to get any luck. Even if we got lucky with it, why does it even matter? Like We'll, we'll keep talking about how there's not a lot of, besides LaMelo Ball, not mm-hmm. a whole lot of talent coming out. Maybe there's a steal. Maybe because there's not, maybe we can steal somebody. But I really, I'm truly on the Suns trading the pick. I don't think we're going to have a draft pick this year. This is one thing I completely agree with you. Unless we get the number one overall pick, trade that asset. Yeah. Again, we'll see what James Jones does. I think once March Madness begins, you really start to see some players, and you really start to fall in love with some players. I remember last year, I never heard of Jared Culver, and then Texas Tech made a deep run all the way to the championship game, and all of a sudden, Jared Culver was a top you know, 10 pick. You know, yeah. whereas before you're like, who's this guy? Yeah. So you know that's going to happen in these upcoming weeks. There's going to be some names that are going to get thrown out there that you're like, you know what? Maybe that could be the guy. But I'm still going to always come back to we need to trade this asset. If it's anything other than number one, trade it. Hell, if it is number one, trade it. I think that we are out of the business of developing 18 year old guys. We need to really make a push towards the playoffs, and I don't yeah, think having that asset. And you see a lot of different people have different opinions on that, and that's the Suns Report opinion. Trade yeah. the pick. But again, no second-round pick. If you look at 2021, we have our first-round pick, and we have a second-round pick that is number 31 to 35 protected. So what that means, essentially, if the Suns get one of those picks, they get to keep it. We don't want them to have the number 31 to 35 pick in 2021, because that means that we have a top five pick in the first round, and once again, we miss yeah. the playoffs. So if the Suns don't have, or are not that bad, that pick goes to the Nets, and essentially, we don't have that pick. So if you're looking just at sheer assets, over the next five years, the Suns have a first round pick this year, a first round pick next year, and then both their picks in the following three seasons. So that is something to keep in mind because you look at teams like Oklahoma City who have accrued just a bountiful amount of picks, taking them from the Clippers. You know, they they have like a 2026 first round pick from the Clippers. So anything is possible. If you want to go after a big name, you could sell the future. And that's where we stand as far as our draft picks are concerned. Who is still concerned with second round picks? So as teams, like I know you can bundle them and it looks good kind of. But for me, I feel like in the future, the NBA is going to be only one round. I don't know why, because when's the last time there's been a good second-round pick? Besides, I think Draymond, Draymond Green. Green yeah. yeah, But like, I feel like a lot of those players will just go straight to the G League. Well, and I think with the development of the G League, I think you're right. I yeah. mean, it's funny when you go back and you look in history, and you're when the NBA was only 10 teams, there was like seven rounds. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh my gosh, how did I that know. happen? But really, I mean, 
you're right. A second round pick isn't very sexy with the actual player that you get. It's sexy when you put it in a package like, hey, man, I'll give you this plus a first rounder plus three second rounders. Like, ooh. You know, it potentially yeah. you could tr- flip three second rounders for like a late first round, perhaps. But again, not a very sexy thing, those second rounders. It's not. So as we look at the actual Suns roster itself, do you want to just start with the uh, the shortest guy out there and just kind of move forward? Yeah, we always go shorter to, shortest to tallest. Uh, Jared Harper. Okay, Jared Harper. 5'11". So, yeah, he is, he is yeah. the smallest guy. So what's his contract look like? He's on a two-way contract currently with the Suns. Uh, this is a, a guy that's really good at playing in the summer league yeah. for the Suns. Fun and, to watch. Yeah, he's fun to watch. Uh, so, I mean, where do you want to go with this guy? Not much to really say about Jared Harper. He's The way that he affects the, the Suns cap space is very minimal. He's going to make like $80,000 this year on a two-way yeah. contract. He's going to live in the G League and... You know, I don't think he's really an asset that's worth very much. I mean, he might be one of those guys that's a, a throw-in at the end of any trade, but he's not going to be in any way, shape, or form an impact on the Suns roster moving forward. Yeah, I mean, he says 5'11". I've seen some places where he's like 5'10". So, yeah. I mean, yeah. you, really, you really can't count on that guy. All right, next up on the list, coming in at a very tall six foot one is Javon Carter and Javon Carter is on the last year of his two-year rookie deal where he made 1.4 million dollars this year he is a restricted free agent next year and the qualifying offer for Javon Carter is 1.9 million dollars so if the Suns want to keep him on the way the restricted free agency works is we have the first opportunity to provide him an offer now the qualifying offer is 1.9 million the Suns could see more value in Javon Carter and be like, listen, we're going to offer you $4 million a year to come and play for the Phoenix Suns next year. Mm-hmm. And then after that, Javon Carter can hit the market and say, hey, listen, this is the this is where the bar is set right now. Can you match this or, or pay me more? Yeah. Do you think that the Suns, A, offer him more than the qualifying offer of 1.9, and B, does another team find value in him and pick him up? Man, it's it's tough because I didn't even think about that. Other teams were actually looking at him as an asset just to pick him up and pay him more. Um, I know that the Suns should make an offer. They should. Like Absolutely. You said four million. I think that sounds great. Give him four million dollars because what you're gonna do is try to find another backup point guard. And obviously, it's very hard for the Suns to find backup point guards. <laughs> I feel like we find we found someone that's solid. Yes. Someone that can actually come in and uh, make a difference. And I would love for the Suns to pay this guy. And I really hope that. There's not other teams looking at him. I I hope he's like a little secret gem. But I know, of course, there's scouts around. They're going to oh, see yeah. him play. But the Suns got to keep this guy for next year. I completely agree. I am afraid, though, that a, one of those really, you know, a great team like Milwaukee, the Clippers, the Lakers, you know, this is the kind of guy that they would love to bring in and just utilize the way the Suns should do better to lock down the opposition when their bench point guard comes in, like you bring in Carter and he locks down guys, that's exactly what big money teams could do. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him sign like a one-year $8 million uh, contract yeah. with a big team. So I hope not, but there you go. Javon Carter, restricted free agent, qualifying offer $1.9 million. All right, who do you got next? So his competitor, Eli Akobo, club option in 21-22 season uh, for $1.6 million. He's an unrestricted free agent in two, 2022. So, I mean, he's going to be on our team next year. Well, it, <laughs> it's the club option. You know, I think yeah. that's one of those things where if they 
make an offer to Javon Carter and he accepts, yeah. then you you don't exercise your club option and then he becomes a free agent next year. That's what I would like to see happen, actually. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't do need you, Ellie do you, next year. Do you do you think that's why Okoba's playing now so much more? Because maybe they can get cheaper if he shows any improvement instead of Javon Perhaps. Carter. Like he's going to save us, what, $3 million the way we're talking about it, right? Yeah, potentially that could be one reason. That's a, yeah. a, a, a good observation yeah. that they're trying to test drive him and really open up the wheels and see if he's worth keeping on next year. Yeah. And Carter at the same time might not be getting as much minutes. So there's not much exposure to other teams on how well he plays. Yeah. It's possible. Uh, it's a factor. Cause they could save three to 4 million mm-hmm. by simply just going with Elliot Kobo. Yeah. Correct. Man. I know. Uh, next up on the list, also six foot three and also a point guard is Jalen LeCue. Jalen LeCue, uh, rookie this year, uh, we have him through 21-22. Uh, he's making just shy of a million this year, 1.5 next year, and then 1.7 the next year. So, I mean, Jaden LeCue, regardless, will be a member of this team. He'll continue to develop in the G League. He's somebody who we might see a little bit more of at the back end of this season to truly see what his potential and his talent yeah. is. Uh, but again, he's somebody I, you know, not a lot, not a big hit against the cap space. And at six foot three, you know, a lot of potential there, mm. but we still have to see in the long run, is it worth it? We're going to see for the next two seasons. He's under contract. He's ours. Yeah. Uh, next up is, I agree with you on that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Not much more to talk about with him. Yep. Next up is Ricky Rubio, six, three point guard. Uh, he's in year one of a three year deal with for $51 million. Uh, for me, I don't think he's overpaid. I think it's a great deal and a mm-hmm. great point guard. Uh, he's averaging $17 million per year, which I think is a steal, honestly, uh, for a guy like Ricky Rubio. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy, hopefully, will remain a son. Uh, do you see him in any trades, maybe, coming up? The, the only trade I feel like maybe that could have happened is for D'Lo. Yeah, and, you and that's know, not going to happen. That's not going to happen, obviously, now. Mm-hmm. So I don't see the Suns trading Ricky Rubio, and I hope he's a son for the next three years. I agree. I don't think that there's any scenario in which one he gets traded or two. No, that's the only. I guess that's the only option. Yeah. We're not going to trade this guy, even if the Suns are having a bad season next year. The Suns' history has showed us how hard it is to get a solid, just consistent point guard in the in a Suns uniform. Yes, and that's exactly what Ricky Rubio is. He is just consistent as all hell. So again, I completely agree with you. I don't think he's overpaid in any way, shape, or form, especially when you look at the other point guards in the uh in the nba and mm-hmm. you know what their production is versus what their salary is he's perfect yeah you know he's making 17 million dollars a year and you know third or fourth in the league in assists yeah i'm okay with that that's what uh, i want from my point guard i am a phoenix suns fan and i like point guards to be point guards i don't need them to be my you know my two guards that's what i got Devin booker for mm-hmm. Our next asset is six foot five Ty Jerome, and this year was his first year of a two-year, four point five million dollar contract that includes club options through twenty twenty-three. So again, he's somebody who, much akin to Jalen Lequeux, you definitely have control over. He obviously makes more money than Jalen Lequeux, so that puts a little bit more pressure on Ty Jerome to perform. If he comes out and he doesn't perform very well, when those club options come around. You're going to save yourself almost $5 million a year simply by not exercising those options. He's somebody who has had plenty of opportunity, and he's going to continue to see that opportunity. What he does with that is going to dictate whether or not he's going to be a son in 2022. 
2021 season, the next season, he'll be around. Again, based on his play, will he be around following that? I don't think... I, mean, I don't even care about the 2022 season right yeah, now. You know, yeah, just talking about next year, Jer- Jerome will be around. He's 4.5 million. Yeah. Do you see him as a, any part of a trade? Oh uh, yeah, totally. I really do. Actually, in the off season, he might mm-hmm. be. I mean, he didn't really pan out to be the guy they thought he would be coming into the first year, like a Cam Johnson was. Yes. To where he just instant impact. He's not. He's not that guy yet. So I mean, when we're when we're the Suns now are not going to wait for these guys to mature and be a better player. Mm-hmm. They need the talent now. And maybe they give him next year to do it. If not, he can be thrown in for a trade this offseason. So. And I think with a contract like that, that's what makes it more enticing for a trade. Because you need those guys who have about those 5 to $8 million contracts to assist in pulling the trigger on some bigger trades. If we're going to go get somebody, let's, not going to happen. But let's say that we go and we trade for Carl Anthony Towns. Okay, Carl Anthony Towns is making $31 million a year. So in order to make that contract happen, you've got to throw a couple big contracts in there. A guy who's making seventeen million, uh oh, Ricky Rubio. Uh, a guy who's making eight million, and then you throw like a four point five million guy or million dollar contract in there as well, and that's what kind of cinches the deal. So it makes sense from a math standpoint. Yeah. So who do you got next? Next is the almighty Devin Booker. <laughs> the almighty. It's crazy. He's only in his year, first year of the five year contract. Yeah. That is nuts. Yeah, because he signed it. Last year, retroactive to start it this season. Yeah, that is mm-hmm. insane, man. Uh, $158 million contract. He's averaging $31 million a year. Uh, Well-deserved. Um, so, I mean, the only way for him, I don't know, the only thing is with, it's like, you listen to Bill Simmons and Zach Lowe, it's like, who's, <laughs> who's going to force themselves out first, Devin Booker or Carl Anthony Towns? Yeah. So that's the only way that this guy's getting now is to force himself out. I don't see it happening. I don't, but then obviously... There's probably some stuff I don't know about Devin Booker, of course, and how the Suns are treating him. But from what I see, from from what I see, the development of this team, I feel like he should be sticking around for a long time with the Suns, just because the organization has actually given him a lot of help. But he will be an unrestricted free agent at the end of 2024, so and he'll be 27 years old. That's usually when players really hit their prime. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that the way the organization treats Devin Booker is vital to whether or not he stays here. I know a couple different things. One, him and Sarver are like boys. Yeah, so kind of like Larry Fitzgerald thing with Sarver. Exactly. Yeah. Like he gets very along very well with Robert Sarver, which is huge. Uh, is. He's like the only person in Phoenix who gets along with Robert Sarver. But you have that combined with the fact that we do have control of him for the next four years. If you look at the worst case scenario, the, the Anthony Davis scenario in which he forces himself out a year and a half yeah. Before his contracts do, that puts us in the 2023 season. So we have quite some time to allow Devin Booker to continue to grow and 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 win here in Phoenix. One thing that we talked about on our podcast very early in the season was winning might not be attainable this year. We we knew that this was a stepping year, but part of that stepping year and in an effort to keep Devin Booker pleased as a player here was for him to get an all-star selection. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if we leave this season and we don't win and we don't make the playoffs, as long as he got an all-star selection, we knew yeah. that's something that showcased to him growth is possible and it is currently occurring. That happened this season. That's one thing that really assists in us keeping him happy and he'll stay here most likely yeah. due to that. Even though he his uh, production has gone down 
almost dramatically since the all-star break and mm-hmm. since the trade with D'Lo. But you would think it would be the opposite. Maybe because of the way he got in, he still didn't like the way he got into the all-star game. But he's still an all-star. So Correct. I don't understand why he'd be so upset. Well, I think part of it, we talked about it a little bit on our Week 19 recap, was I just think Booker's getting physically tired. I think so, too. I mean, you got to think. Yeah. There's a lot of seasons in which he's missed a lot of time, whether it's due to an injury or due to a, air quotes, injury as the yes. Suns were tanking. So, I mean, he's he's grinding this season. I think you see that season. now, yeah, especially with the All-Star break mm-hmm. where he had to actually go play and go through all of that mm-hmm. and then have two days off and then yeah, back so, at it. So he's a little tired. So, yes. uh, But again, you look at from an, an asset standpoint, he's obviously our highest contract. He's our best player. Yeah. And we have control over him for the next four seasons. So I don't see a trade in the offseason involving Devin Booker. Uh, if it is, that, I keep, that'd be an interesting podcast. Yeah. So... Real quick, before we go into the next guy on the list, let's take a break. Welcome back to the Suns Report as we go through understanding all of our assets as uh, an organization. Next up on our list is foot six foot six Mikhail Bridges, currently on year two of three of a $12 million contract that includes a fourth-year club option. So his average salary is $4 million a year, which is ideal. Mikhail Bridges, we have control over him next year. And then we have a club option the next year. We'll have to pay a little bit more if we want to keep him on for that club option. I don't see any way, shape, or form in which we say goodbye to Mikel. I don't think we would trade his contract. I don't think that we're going to let him go after that club option. Mikhail Bridges is a fantastic asset. Yeah, so anybody that's part of the starting lineup right now, the starting lineup I love. I've mm-hmm. never seen a group like this since the Steve Nash era where I could just love to sit and watch them play. I know Ubre's hurt. We'll talk about him later. But anybody that's starting lineup, part of the starting lineup, I wouldn't trade, do anything with them. Just keep them where they're at. Mm-hmm. You have them for another year or two and just have them grow together, dude. That's what I would love to see. So Mikel Bridges is staying. He doesn't put up any great stats, but he is, is a winner, dude. He's on the floor. He's helping the team win. Even if things that don't count, he's just he's a great defensive stopper, dude. And I love that, that we have that on the Suns team. It's- well, we talked about in our My Top 3 Suns role players of all time. A.C. Green was a guy who didn't put up amazing stats, but you know what? He was a winner. Mikael Bridges is A.C. Green-ish, if you will. He's not going to blow you away by scoring 30 points a night. He's not going to get 10 rebounds every evening, but you know what? He'll get two steals. He'll have 16 points. He'll have you know seven boards. You need those guys, and he does a great job of doing it. His three-pointer's gotten better. You see that he used to have that hitch in his shot at the beginning of the season, and he's changed that. The hitch isn't there. It's a fluid shot. And it shows you that you have a player who is still developing and developing in a positive manner. He's not one of those guys, you know, who we had like Marquise Chris, who we'd sit there and just be like, okay, work on your footwork, work on your footwork. And he just couldn't get it done. Yeah. And so Mikhail Bridges has that potential. Yeah. So let's go into the next guy too. Okay. Who already knows his potential. We already know who he is as a player, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelly Oubre, six foot seven. Just because we're going high wise, still keep saying it. <laughs> year one of a two year contract, thirty million dollars. He's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season of next uh, season. Of next season, yeah. sorry. Now he's hurt. This is a great mm-hmm. time to do the pod because he's out for the year. Mm-hmm. And the recap you heard us talk about my reasons to why I think he was hurt. Oh, I know. I yeah. You so, think he's got like some sex injury or something? How did you? Know? <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Oh, uh, so I mean. It's just crazy how bad this team is without him. 
Like when he went down, I was I was pissed. But like, did you really think they'd start losing games like this? No. But again, when you lose your soul, yeah, those kind of things true. happen. You know what's interesting about his injury? It's you got to look at kind of both sides of it. Okay, the the shitty side is, damn it, we don't have tsunami poppy for the remainder of the season. We had a potential to perhaps make the playoffs. We said like six weeks ago we, it wasn't going to happen. Yes, but we were still trying to win some more games and. The disadvantage of that is the the losing culture continues in Phoenix. Here's the plus side of the Kelly Oubre injury. With him having a meniscus injury going into the offseason, one of the things I talked about a lot was his value as a player. He's making $15 million a year for two years. A very attractive contract. It's not like it's $15 million a year for five years. So with that two-year contract... Going into next season with one year left, this offseason, a lot of different things could have happened. James Jones could look at his assets and goes, you know what? Mikel Bridges is somebody who is flourishing, and I want to put him at the three spot. So Kelly Oubre is now expendable, and maybe I can get a good asset for him. Yeah. But also, now that he's injured, now he's not really a movable asset. And that's good for the Suns, I feel, in the long run. Again... You were spot on yeah. by saying, we have a great starting five. Give these guys a season to gel, which they've done for half a season now. We go into next season, every one of these guys will be better than yeah. what they are this season. We really need to focus on developing and, and adjusting our bench because that's where you see a lot of fall off is when guys come in off the bench and they uh, they just don't know what the hell they're doing. Yeah. So, no, you're But right. I think with his injury... Now he doesn't become as sexy as a uh, an asset to move. And that's good for the Suns. Is it weird that I, I disagree kind of where I just think it doesn't matter? Because I feel like he got the injury, but I don't think it's going to affect anything. I feel like if a team wants him, they saw what he can do. Mm-hmm. He's a, the biggest clutch shooter in Suns history already in a half a season. But other teams have seen what he can do as well. And now he be, yeah. now James Jones would be getting phone calls left and right. You know, yeah. if, the, if the Suns are having, again, if the Suns have a shitty season next year by trade deadline, Kelly Uber is the first guy to go. That's a fact. I think so, too. Yeah. His contract will be up at the end of the season. Somebody's going to want him on a playoff team. So I honestly think that this injury, although it sucks for this season, in the long run, it's good for the Suns. Yeah, I agree. Next up on the list is six foot eight Czech Diallo. He's uh, a mere $1.6 million a year, and he's a free agent next year. So again, one of those guys who is gone at the end of the year. He's actually the first one who's really like, it's going to hurt my feelings if he's gone at the end of the year. Obviously, Javon Carter, if we don't bring him back on the unrestricted free agent side, will be uh, uh-huh. ups- upset me. But I like having Czech Diallo around. I wish he was a little bit more bigger and a little bit more physical. Yeah. Uh, but he's somebody who's going to be playing somewhere else next year, I think. What do you think? Yeah, totally. He's one of those, you know, just like Baines. We'll talk about that later. But he's going to be a player that... The Suns will replace with someone else just like Czech Diallo. Just a player that's going to come in and have two good games. And then the rest of the year, it's like, okay, so next year he's not going to be here. So that's what's going to happen, man. Um, but I like Czech Diallo too. I just think he needs a lot more experience, a lot more playing time on a team that is looking to improve players. And like I said earlier, we need players to come in and give you instant impact mm-hmm. whenever they are on the floor. So he'll probably go to a uh, a lower tier team, even though the Suns are third and 
from last in the West, you know? <laughs> so a lower tier team. Yeah. So he's going to be a warrior next year. Yeah. So he'll win a championship <laughs> next year with the Warriors. I could totally so. see him being though, like a Sacramento King next year. Oh yeah. And then of course, like every, and we talked about him last pot, every, every time he comes to Phoenix and plays us, just lights us up 20 yep. off the bench. Check yep. Diallo from on the Sacramento Kings next year. Ladies happen. and gentlemen, you heard it here first. And coming up next. Oh, this is my guy. I mean, I love this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, six foot eight. Uh, and a half inch is Cameron Johnson. <laughs> He's in year one of two year contract. He's a rookie, of course. So he has a $8.2 million contract and it includes a third and fourth year club option. Average salary is 4.1 million a year. And sexy. Very sexy. Sexy. People are like, why are they taking Cameron Johnson at when they got him? This is why, because mm-hmm. he is going to be a big shot guy. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be dangerous, and he's already—he's only a rookie. He is older; he's twenty-two. Yeah, but or twenty-three. Sorry, but I—I just—I loved him from the start. I almost wanted him to start over Kelly Oubre because I didn't think Oubre would be this good this year. Mm-hmm. And now we have a solid backup, maybe three slash four that can come. He'll probably be a little bit bigger next year, built on his body, but. Hey man, his his shooting is just going to be something that the Suns are going to need in the future. Absolutely, best in class. On again, much akin to Mikael Bridges, a young guy who's a wing who's four million dollars a year, and yeah. the Suns have control over. So again, continue to develop what you have here. I really think that James Jones set a great foundation with this last draft. It's funny because I was looking at uh after that game where he hit three three pointers in the fourth quarter. Um, against the Pistons, I was looking up draft grades, and you go through, and everybody D minus, D C, D minus, you know. Yeah. And I was just like, man, they were wrong on that guy. In they my were. opinion, he's going to continue to get better. He's going to continue to grow. Again, when I was talking about Kelly Oubre and the potential to move him, perhaps in the off season, it's because of guys like Cam Johnson. Between yeah. Mikael Bridges and and Cam Johnson, you could have those guys start your three and your four and say goodbye to Oubre and get something else. I don't know. Again, it's not going to happen with the injury. But with players like him, that's what the potential is. But love the fact that we've got control over him potentially for the next three years. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Next up on the list, six foot ten, Aaron Baines. He's on the last year of a $10.6 million contract. Unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. The Suns had an opportunity to sell high on him. Uh, but right at the trade deadline, he was injured. I don't think he was appealing to too many teams. He's yeah. somebody who I don't think will be on the Suns next year because we're not going to be able to offer him what he will be offered from other organizations. They will find value in him, which we have found as well. And unfortunately, he's not going to be around. I'd like to see him around next year, but he's not worth $10.6 million a year, no, not in my opinion. Think- no, he will not be here. Um, but it's kind of sad because I feel like we used all our, all our Aaron Baines like juice at the beginning of the year mm-hmm. to where he was playing so much and then he got injured, taking a ton of charges and was killing it from three. And I just think it was it wasn't spread out through the year. Like I feel like he that is that kind of a player to where you need to just spread him out through the year with mm-hmm. small minutes. So we used him up quick. That was and, a, unfortunately that's the byproduct yeah. of the Aiden suspension. And other teams I feel like saw that too. Mm-hmm. So honestly, if Aiden wasn't suspended and Baines probably he might have been traded at the trade deadline just because he wouldn't have been used as much. Mm-hmm. But I think that him being back next year is not going to happen. He'll 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 be gone. Um, hopefully on a championship team because we love him. Yep. Well, Suns fans, I hope you've enjoyed your time with Aaron Baines. And one thing I highly recommend is if you get a chance, there's an Aaron Baines fan club on Twitter. 
that is literally like the funniest Twitter follow. Yeah, that's great. They always are doing things, yeah. you know, talking about they compare Aaron Baines to like LeBron James. They'll yeah. find one minuscule stat, you know, yeah. and and they'll just they'll drive it home, and it's it's highly entertaining. Well, so. the best thing about it is like there'll be a timeout, and they'll have Aaron Baines like Aaron Baines stood here during the timeout. Yeah, like, exactly. Show exactly. It's great. I love it. <laughs> Next up, who do we got? Next up is Dario Saric. He's at the last year of a rookie deal, uh, $3.4 million. Um, he'll be a restricted free agent next season with the qualifying offer of 4.7 mil. Mm. It's crazy to think that this is his rookie contract. When Still, I think of Dario, yeah. I think of like a 40-year-old. Uh, don't you? Like You don't think of him so young, but he is. No, you're right. It's weirder to think about. It's kind of like, I think he'll be a part of a trade piece. It'll be a trade piece or whatever. Well, not necessarily. I mean, he's, first we have think? to. I mean, he's a restricted free agent, so we can't trade him unless we make the qualifying offer. Do you oh think, yeah, yeah. Do you think the okay. Suns will make a qualifying offer? Oh of yeah. Four point seven to bring him back. I mean, yeah. Do you think any other team's going to want to pay him more than that? I think maybe. I think so. I, I do. think he do. He plays hard. He does. And on a winning team, he's going to give you those solid points off the bench. I know mm-hmm. we both think he's not a starter, even though he's. Playing his hearts out, his heart out, his hearts. Both of his hearts. Both of his hearts. Are, he plays them yeah, out. even though he tries so hard every game, like he just—he's not a starter, but he's a really good backup, I think. And it'll probably suck if we can get him for cheap. I want the Suns to bring him back. Agreed. But, but I don't think it's going to happen. You hit the nail on the head right there. I think that if the Suns do a qualifying offer, at four point seven million dollars, and he accepts that and he comes back, that's a home run for me, which yeah. is a totally different sport. That's a half-court shot for me, okay? I think that it would be great to have him back. He's not a starter. He wants to be a starter, but he's not. And I think that if he has an opportunity to come back, he can develop. You know, he's the kind of guy you need coming off the bench. Yes. Who is the? Who are the best bench guys? The guys who come in and play their fucking asses off. And that's Dario Saric. Yes. He plays both of his hearts out every time that he comes out on the court. I'm interested to see if a the Suns give him that qualifying offer, which I think they will. And B, to find out what his true value is on the market. Because again, he's on his rookie contract. We have no idea what his true value is on the market because he's just been traded around. You know, he started with the Sixers, he ended up in Minnesota, and then we got him. So uh, I hope they bring him back. We'll see. If they do bring him back and he's somebody who, or I'm sorry, if the Suns are having a a struggling year, he could be one of those guys who who could be part of a a trade midseason. So, yeah. Next up on the list, six foot eleven, DeAndre Ayton, the big man dude, number one overall pick last year, year two of three of a two uh, twenty seven point seven million dollar contract that includes a fourth year club option. His average salary is nine point two million. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all we pay right now for DeAndre Ayton. When you think of football, the most successful teams of in recent history are teams like the Seattle Seahawks. And the Arizona Cardinals are kind of doing the same thing where they have a quarterback. And that quarterback on that rookie contract, because you're not paying him $25 million a year, you can load up the team with other assets. Having DeAndre Ayton on a $9.2 million contract for next season with a club option the next year, which again, when you do those club options, that salary rises. But even then, if we're paying him $10 to $12 million, that's a steal for the talent that this guy truly has. So these next couple years are really an opportunity to put a, a couple other pieces on this team and have it just flourish and blossom into a playoff run. The potential's there. He's got the talent. He's learning every game. He's my favorite son. I love DeAndre Ayton. So yeah, what do you think of him? Yeah, everything he said is just perfect. He's 
becoming one of the fan favorites and basically because you can see him evolve and it's so great to see this guy to where he missed so much of the season. I was looking at his stats on basketball reference and I forgot he only played like 27 games so far. I felt like he's been around the whole season just because of how much a big impact he Mm -hmm. is on the Suns. I think that, like you said, it's perfect. Load up the team around him Mm -hmm. and they have that opportunity and He's going to get a big contract, though, after his uh, rookie deal. Without a doubt. Yeah, That's why strike while the iron's hot. And if James Jones structures everything correctly, you could probably bump up Mikhail Bridges' salary. You could bump up Cam Johnson's. You could make a couple, you know, two or three year, uh, year deals with them. You know, it's like, listen, you're getting paid four. We're going to give you eight for the next three. And then you keep them around, and that's still going to keep enough cap space open to keep eight and around when that mm-hmm. contract's up. All right, why don't you finish us off with the last guy on the list? All right, seven foot Frank the Tank. He's $4.7 million man this year, uh, club option for next. Mm-hmm. So Frank will be. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's not playing the rest of the year. Yeah. So uh, it's funny. Do we miss him or no? I definitely think we miss him. You always miss size in the NBA, even though it's a very guard centric league. I think that the depth. At the at the bigs, it has hurt the Suns. You talked about Aaron Baines. Aaron Baines has been unfortunate this season because right off the bat, he had to make up for DeAndre Ayton's minutes. And in doing so, he hurt himself a lot because he was just playing too much. And then once DeAndre Ayton comes back, then Frank goes out. So again, Aaron Baines was taxed again and continues to struggle due to that. There's no consistency to his game because there's no consistency in which the way he plays. Frank, I honestly think that you know he's he's a fun guy to make fun of. It's yeah. easy to make fun of his like shitty free throws or like you know his his just kind of slow mo drives. You're like, what the hell am I watching? Mm-hmm. But then he'll put up 22 points or something, or he'll you know he'll grab 10 boards, and it helps, especially when it's coming off the bench. Yeah, and I definitely think the Suns have missed Frank. I think so too. Um, he's also probably the funniest guy on the team. I think <laughs> I've seen uh, a couple of interviews. He's really hilarious. So I think that helps the team out too as well. Having a guy like that in the locker room. Um, I don't think he'll be back with the Suns. Uh, I wish it's just I these injury things just drive me nuts, man. Mm-hmm, me too. Because I just want to see them play a full season. And yeah. See what it looks like. Yeah. You know what I mean? I completely agree, and I think that Frank is somebody who. We had an opportunity, and we were kind of excited at the beginning of the year just to have a big like him. Mm-hmm. And when he went out, you were like, eh, no, we're good. Aiton's back. We got Baines. But yeah. as time has gone on, you look at some of the statistics, and you go, you know what? Frank was actually part of our success early mm-hmm. on in the season. He was. I miss you, Frank. Uh, well, that's it for understanding the assets for the Phoenix Suns. I hope that you found this, one, enjoyable, and two, knowledgeable. It's always nice to have a good understanding of your team. One of the reasons that I wanted to do this podcast is I've never heard a podcast like this before when it comes to the Suns. I always have an idea kind of in the past. I've always had an idea of what the assets were, but never anybody break it down like guy after guy after guy. Mm -hmm. So then from there, I know what we have going into the off season. So again, I hope you have enjoyed this podcast. Uh, Remember again, as always, to subscribe to the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network where you have the Suns Report, which is Matthew and I, and then you have Justin and Paul doing Fanning the Flames. Always a great opportunity to get fantastic Suns content. It's the best place on the internet, in my opinion, to get it. Every day. Bill Simmons even calls out Bright Side of the Sun, so we're doing something good here, huh? Yeah. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. You can always hit us up at the Suns Report. You can hit us up on Instagram. Stop by our Facebook page. 
email at us, the Suns Report mm-hmm. at gmail.com. Visit me at work. Yeah, come, come by, in. say hi to me at work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, high fives are free. Hugs, I charge $5. But again, you know, looking forward to this off season and seeing what the puzzle pieces are going to look like with James Jones having his first true, I feel, off season. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he did this past season, but I feel like this is now year two of his development as a GM is going to be very exciting for the Suns. Very confident, too. As am I. As yeah. am I. So, again, thank you for hanging out with us today. This is John signing out. This is Matthew. Go home and love your family. Amen. Amen.